You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 48. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. I am super excited for today's episode for two reasons. One, I am welcoming back my client, CDW, Eric Means, the PMO Director, and I'm also getting to talk about something that is one of my favorite topics, and that is how can you get and keep a seat at the table in the conversations happening right now that your PMO could be supporting? How do you maintain PMO relevance? This topic and question came up a lot during our Q&A free trainings I was doing during the month of April to help PMO leaders, program project managers, portfolio managers, scrum masters, agilists, everyone that is in my community that was joining us for our live free training sessions we were doing in April to talk about managing projects during chaos. This question came up a lot. How do I keep my PMO moving forward? And how do I continue to make progress on my continuous improvement initiatives? And also, how do I stay relevant? And we're gonna answer that and so many more questions today. And I thought, I share a lot of this stuff with you in early episodes of the podcast. So if you haven't listened to the first eight episodes of the PMO Strategies podcast, definitely go back and take a listen because those episodes really do hit to the heart of the mindset shifts that we need to make in order for our PMO to be relevant, no matter the environment that we're living in and working in and no matter what chaos is happening. And I'm gonna share some more insights with you today. And I thought it would be super fun for you to hear from one of my clients, Eric Means, as he talks about the ways that he and his PMO have not only earned the seat at the table, but are truly treated as a critical business function to keeping the business moving forward at CDW. Now, Eric has a team as a part of his PMO of over 150 project managers. Eric personally has 20 plus years of experience in technology management and project management, and his PMO is responsible for $260 million in services, which creates $2.5 billion of product revenue for the organization. And we're going to hear him talk today about the things that he suggests you can do to get and stay relevant as a PMO leader and for your PMO inside any organization, and especially the kinds of things you can do right now while we are in this chaos to solve business problems. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Now, before I go any further, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Clarizen. Clarizen offers the only adaptive solution on the market for enterprise collaborative work management. Their solution enables you to work in whatever manner you want, Waterfall, Agile, or a combination of the two. Companies find immense value in the visibility the solution brings across the many work streams at a company, regardless of where the work is being done. People quickly turn ideas into strategies, plans, and actions to adapt and respond faster to market changes. Project leaders can move faster with better data, eliminate work chaos with complete transparency, and work smarter with better results. Take their free product tour 
Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 048 to learn more. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 048. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Eric. Welcome back to the PMO Strategies podcast. Thank you so much for coming back and sharing some insights with us today. Yeah, glad to be back. I'm excited about doing this again with you. This is great. So today we are going to talk about something very different than the last episode, but very relevant in terms of what our PMO leaders are experiencing right now. So last time we talked a lot about working from home and managing a remote workforce, and you guys are experts in that because you had been doing it long before this global pandemic. And today I want to focus very specifically for our PMO leaders, program portfolio managers, how do they get or keep that seat at the table and stay relevant as a PMO with the services and capabilities they provide when this global pandemic is going on and things are shifting even faster than they were before. And I was doing a series of Q&A and free training sessions in the month of April, and I got a lot of questions from PMO leaders saying, I don't even have the staff that I had before, or things are shifting so quickly, and how do I keep the PMO continuous improvement activity going? And I'd love to get your thoughts on how PMO leaders can stay relevant and keep the PMO central in the conversation or get it central if it's not in the conversations that are happening right now as companies try to not just survive, but figure out how to thrive during this chaos. Yeah. So the first thing is when I think about the question you just asked me, the first thing that pops in my mind when I think about is as an organization, right, and it doesn't matter who the organization is, there's only an infinite amount of resources and funds that you have to get things done, right? So you're always constantly prioritizing, as an organization, you're always constantly prioritizing of where you're going to make investments, and you're going to make investments on the area that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck, right? The area that's going to give you the best return is where you're going to make investments. So from a PMO perspective, if you want to stay relevant, or if you want to be relevant, you have to align yourself to what is the organization currently facing and what are their priorities and what are they trying to accomplish from a business perspective in making sure that you as a PMO are helping achieve that. And it doesn't have to be direct. If you can't directly attach yourself to the key strategic initiatives of the organization, maybe there's downward impacts to that and you can attach yourself to other business units or other parts of the organization that ultimately lines up to those strategic objectives. But that's where you got to focus, right? If you want to be relevant, you have to attach yourself to the business outcomes that the organization is trying to accomplish and make sure that you're providing relevancy. Because if you're not relevant, you're not going to get the investments. Right. Right? The organization's not going to invest in you because there's only so many funds to go around. Right. And especially right now, while people are having to do layoffs or furloughs or make cuts or figure out what projects we'll move forward. And it's likely that this conservative mindset will be with companies long after the present time. We're recording this in the first half of the year, and we could see the impacts of this for months or years beyond when it comes to how businesses are maintaining and managing their investments and where they focus their energy. So for PMO leaders that are not staying relevant and connected to the business, they have a very real chance to end up on the chopping block when budget season comes around because 
it's a whole, what have you done for me lately? And it's valid. And that's the thing I spent a lot of time talking to PMO leaders about and spent an entire module of the six modules of the Impact Engine PMO program focused on making sure that that never happens. And it's all about assessing the organization for the impact opportunities and making sure that from the start, or if you have reset your PMO, you are focused where the business needs you. And then you need to learn how to shift as the needs of the organization shift. And that's an ongoing conversation. That's not something that's new because of this pandemic we're in right now. That's always the case is we should be finding ways for the PMO to solve the pain points of the business leaders and solve the organization's problems. So what do they do right now? What are some tips you have for them right now? If let's say they're in a situation where they're not getting the attention of their business leaders or the things that they're trying to focus on, their continuous improvement activities or the templates and tools they've been working on isn't really getting a lot of support right now. What do you suggest for them? In our last podcast, you know, I was talking about that I set goals and priorities every You know, I set my weekly goals and my monthly goals. And then every day I make sure that I'm accomplishing goals to line up to those weekly and monthly goals. The thing about that is those weekly and monthly goals that you establish, they need to be fluid and they need to change based on how the business is changing. So you think of the current situation, the current marketplace that we're in today and how we're in a recession and we don't know how long it's going to last, et cetera, et cetera. You need to adjust your priorities. You need to ask from a, from a PMO perspective, you need to adjust your priorities. You need to align yourself better to the business and make sure that you're accomplishing things that the business needs to get done. So that's number one. The other thing I would do is if you know what the business outcomes the business is trying to achieve and you know what they need to do and you've established yourself that you've aligned to those business outcomes and, and you can help achieve that. The other thing as a, as a leader, what you need to do is you need to communicate right? Some things that happen sometimes is as leaders, we're really good sometimes at getting things done. You know, I've talked to other leaders, other PMOs, and they're like, wow, I've accomplished all this stuff, but my budget still gets, keeps getting cut. Why? I don't understand. Well, you're doing great stuff, but you're not communicating. If nobody knows what you're doing and you're not sharing that, then you know what? Out of sight, out of mind. So you got to maintain relevancy and keep connected with the leaders. And, and it's not just that you're out there tooting your own horn and you're talking up about what your team's doing, but you got to communicate. And I think it boils down to three things. As you have these, you've established a rhythm that you're meeting with the right business leaders, you do three things. You one, here's what we've accomplished over this time frame. Here's what we're going to be doing over this next time frame. And then the last one is what do you need to get done and how can I help you line up to your business outcomes and the things that you're trying to achieve? If you show that business leader that you can help bring them value, they're going to be pulling you into more opportunities and more things. And they're going to be coming to you and say, you know what? I need the PMO to help me do this because last time I'm seeing you, you're doing some great stuff. You're making some accomplishments. Last time I I asked you to help, you helped me out. I got more stuff. And then all of a sudden you become relevant. You become central and you become key to what the organization is trying to achieve. Exactly. And you become that trusted advisor for the organization. And so you naturally earn your seat at the table in those conversations. And you can see clearly, like in my coaching group for my Impact Engine PMO program, you can see the ones that have accomplished that seat at the table. And some of them actually came to the program saying, I've got a seat at the table but I need to maintain it. And interestingly, one of those examples of someone that said that when they joined the program, right now they work in a hospital system. 
And so you better believe that things went into, okay, it used to take us four months to do this project. You need it done in four days. So how do we make that happen? And because she and her team had a seat at the table, they were brought into those conversations and they're the hero of the story right now because they're moving mountains and making magic happen and they're staying relevant by solving the pain points of today, the business problems of now, as opposed to saying, well, we're just going to continue on with these continuous improvement activities we already had planned for the year. All that got shelved, resources were redirected, and that PMO was able to solve the business problems of the moment and answer the questions that they had. When you come to the table, you've got to be able to answer the questions that are asked, right? Yeah. You know, you just made me think of something that I think is really relevant and, and sometimes we don't do enough of. And what that is, is what, what you were talking about, it's really important for people to think and plan and align themselves with what the business is trying to achieve. The only way you do that is you, as a leader, have to set time aside to think strategically, right? To this last podcast, our superpowers were unique, right? Each individual is unique and you got to figure out how that works for you. Is that daily, you know, 10 minutes every day, 30 minutes, whatever. Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Whatever it is, you got to figure it out. But you need to think strategically about what you need to accomplish for you, your team, and the overall business. If you do that and you set time to do that, what you're going to find yourself doing is you're going to be creative and you're going to have creative ideas. And if you're a leader and you're in a position where you have other leaders reporting to you and you teach that to them, guess what? Now you have, you know, let's say half a dozen other leaders that are doing the same thing. They're thinking strategically, they're coming up with ideas, and all of a sudden your team becomes a center of creativity and ideas that help propel and move the business forward and execute change. And you just made yourself extremely, your part, your organization extremely valuable because of those ideas and creativities you're doing. But you cannot accomplish that if you don't set time aside, because we're all busy, we're all working five, you know, 500 hours all the time, right? Going nonstop. If you don't set time to accomplish that, you won't achieve it. Right. And that's really important because especially right now, we have business leaders, they're asking the questions, whether they're asking them of you or not, is all dependent upon where your seat is at the table. And if you have a history of being that trusted advisor and being that problem solver. But right now, there's a lot of what-if scenario planning going on. And this is an excellent opportunity for you as a leader to answer those what-if questions. And in an early podcast episode, when we were still early in this whole chaos in March, at least in the U.S., it was kind of early in our experience and being impacted One of the things I said was start doing scenario planning, start figuring out the questions that are going to be asked and start preparing the answers for those things. And all of that doesn't have to be a huge complicated process. It's very simple in just taking a step back and putting yourself in the shoes of the business leaders that are running that organization. What are they thinking? What questions are they asking? If you're lucky, you can do one of those virtual coffees and just pick their brains and see what they're thinking and get them to talk to you about their pain points. And again, that's like, I feel so strongly about that, that I've got a whole module dedicated to just that, just figure out how to do that really well so that you can build those relationships and understand the questions and really get into the minds of your business leaders. I think that's really super important. And you also don't have to do it alone. I think one of the things that all of us that are 
people of high accomplishment, people that are really used to relying on their own skills and knowledge to make stuff happen. We forget that there are other people around us that would be happy to be a part of that brainstorming process. And I definitely believe that in the creative thinking, creative process, having different perspectives and different people come to the table, you'll get the better solutions around the creative ways to solve this. And my dear friend, Mike Hannon, has a very specific question he asks. And we use this for our nonprofit when we're trying to solve a big business problem, or we've used it in our own companies and with our clients. And that question is, how might we? And asking it very specifically that way, how might we? Not what can we do or how can we do this? It's the might and it's the how. How could we solve this problem? Might, leaving it open that it's not what can we do and can't do. It's no black and white. It's why it's if we could remove all the barriers, what might we be able to accomplish? And the we, let's do this together. And I just love those three words and I have incorporated them into a lot of the brainstorming exercises that I do with teams and with my students and such because I feel like it just changes the whole dynamic of a conversation and allows people to open their aperture of opportunities and possibilities for making creative things happen. And that, to your point, Eric, is exactly what our business leaders need right now, even if they don't know it. So if you can start showing value that way, you are one step closer to being that trusted advisor and being in a position where you will ultimately be able to be the strategy navigator for the organization. But if you're not thinking strategically, if you're not allowing time for those how might we conversations, if you're not open to creative ways to solve the business problems of the moment, then you're not going to get that opportunity. So I think what I'm hearing, Eric, yeah. is you absolutely have to, if you've been focused on continuous improvement, my advice that I've been giving my students and audience is it's actually not about continuous improvement. It's about continuous evolution. And Eric, you and I went to the PMI PMO symposium last fall and when we were there, I don't know if you saw it, but I saw a lot of continuous improvement as a theme, as a conversation that was happening. And I heard so many people talk about continuous improvement in their presentations and their, the different sessions that we watched. And I felt like it was just leaving something out. I think it's so much deeper and so much further than continuous improvement. I think for a PMO to stay relevant today and going forward, and even before today, it's about continually evolving to meet the shifting needs of your organization. And right now is a perfect example of why. Because if you continue working on those templates or you know, the tools or the process or all those things that you were working on before, no one's going to give you the time of day <laughs> because it's not helping the burning fire that's right in front of them. So there's some things that you've said there that I thought really speak to that and give some really practical tips on ways that people can kind of shift their focus and do just that. Yeah. You know, something that you said that made me think there is you said trusted advisor and, and we use that word a lot sometimes, right? And sometimes we, you know, we use it a ton. One of the things that I think is relevant around this dialogue and this conversation that we're having today is as a leader, you're trying to become a trusted advisor to the business. Right. But what's also important is who are your trusted advisors, right? Mm. Who's your network? Yeah. You need to build a network of people that as you've set time aside to think strategically and think of ideas and think of things, you need to have your network of people that, you know, and you mentioned like a virtual coffee, but yeah. you need to have somebody that you can sit down and say, hey, 
I got all this crazy stuff in my mind and my, I, here's some ideas and you just do a little bit of a brain dub and they're like, yeah, I like this. I don't like this. And then go to somebody else to do the same thing. And they're going to help you better form and better craft your ideas into something that you can say, okay, I got something here and I can take that and move with it. Right. But you as an individual, you need your trusted advisors and your network too. And they can be within your organization. They can also be outside of your organization, right? But you need a, a people that you can reach out to for advice and, and help as well. And I can tell you so many different examples of when I was a PMO leader inside organizations where I did just that. And I had people in my team, I had peers. And interestingly, the one that ended up being in one of these organizations ended up being my best trusted advisor or the person that I could brainstorm the most with was the sponsor from a business perspective for the PMO that I was managing in this organization. And he loved hearing all the crazy ideas that I had and the creative problem solving opportunities that our team had come up with and ways to meet the intentions and the outcomes they were trying to achieve without staying so focused on the outputs. So I've found that that has been a huge difference maker for me, not just in creative problem solving for what services and capabilities your PMO provides, especially in the moments of chaos, but also just in helping you learn the business and understand the mind of the business and what the organization is trying to accomplish. I learned a lot of that from just paying attention to the business leaders that we supported and understanding the challenges they had. And when they would ask for something, really digging into why and what outcome they were trying to achieve. So we don't have to do all this in isolation. And people will sometimes hear, if you're one of those PMO leaders that's heard you need to quote unquote, be more strategic, these are some of the things that you want to do. It doesn't mean you have to just go inside your mind and say, ah, I got to be strategic now. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> you can ask questions, listen, pay attention, be creative. And frankly, we have this really cool superpower. I think we've got a lot of them as project leaders and PMO leaders. One of them is being a future predictor. It's literally what we do. Our job is to take chaos, turn that into a viable plan to deliver an outcome. And part of that is predicting along the way what we believe with the best data we have to get to those outcomes. So this is what we do. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the outputs we're creating, you know, Eric, as you and I have talked, or the outputs we're creating versus the outcomes we're trying to achieve. And we get so spun up in the, well, I have to deliver these things. And we start looking at the numbers of things we're creating, number of templates or number of projects we're managing. And those are good data points, but the ones that really shift the way you're perceived in the organizations and the ones that really move the needle for the organization as a whole is the outcomes we're achieving and the return on investment we're driving for an organization. Yeah, you said something there at the end that just reminded me of something. You know, a really good leader will know when to say no to something and say, yeah, that's important, but I'm not going to do it now. Right. Or knows when to say, you know what, we're in the middle of a, doing a project or an initiative or, or something. And you know what, we're going to put it on hold or we're going to cancel it because something else takes priority. That's really hard to do, you know, and it takes some courage to do that. But as leaders, we have to do that because the business is evolving, things are changing. And sometimes, you know, you might think that I got to get this done, but guess what? Parties have changed and that's no longer that relevant, right? And it's not going to make a material impact anymore. And sometimes it sucks that you've invested time in it, yeah. but sometimes you have to have the courage to say, you know what? I'm not going to invest anymore. There's something that's more important now. And frankly, quite simply, if you want to be a business leader, 
be a business leader. Think like a business leader, act like a business leader, make business decisions. And truly, that's how you become a business leader and how you're seen as a business leader by your business leaders is to just do those things, do those things that make you stand out as someone that gets it and that knows how to see the forest for the trees and really stay focused on the outcomes for the organization. There's one other thing that you brought up that I really want to emphasize uh, before we wrap it up here, and that is you talked about communicating the value your organization is making as a PMO and the contributions it's making. And you could still end up, like you said, on the chopping block if you aren't really properly communicating the great things your PMO is doing for the organization. And I can promise you, as I was thinking about you saying it, I can promise you and I can promise all of you listening, if what you're communicating when you do communicate is here's the number of templates we created or here's the processes we created, nobody's going to care about that. What they're going to care about is what have you done for me lately? What are the outcomes you helped the organization achieve? How did you help the organization move forward? And I have a four-step process that I use in this program called Making the Case for a PMO or for the services. And it really stays focused on the perspective of the business leaders and explains and talks about the pain points they're solving in terms of business value to the organization. And so I think it's absolutely hugely important to have a role of marketing and communications. And like I mentioned to you before, I have a whole lesson inside the program where I focus specifically on that because I think it's so undervalued and misunderstood. But you're not selling the PMO. It's not a sales pitch. It's marketing. And the difference is, is you're showing in their words, in the way they think about it, the way the business leaders think about it, the outcomes you can help them achieve and what your PMO does to move the organization forward. So it's more of a conversation around, here's the pain point you have, here's the solution we can or have provided, here's the impact to the organization and the outcome that you're going to see as a result. And it's four very simple steps, but when you have those kinds of conversations, then your business leaders say, oh, now I get what you do for us. But you can't go tell them, hey, well, we did all this stuff for you. Can't you see all these deliverables? There's the value. And you certainly can't go ask them what you should do because they're not the experts in what a PMO can do or should do. You are. It's about you asking questions around the pain points they have and then showing how you can solve those pain points. And now is a perfect time to do that. It's like you said. Yep understand the pain points the organization has, understand where they're focusing their energy now and what can you do to help solve the problems that they have. And they'll continue to rely on you more and more. Yep. I agree hundred percent. And I think I like the way you stated that there at the end is you got to ask them, you know, what are their pain points? Cause that, that's really it. The other thing I'd add to what you just said is that's, what's really important there is you got to know your audience. Cause to your point, it is marketing. It's not a sales, it's marketing. And if you want your presentations or the things that you're communicating to resonate, you have to know your audience and what is relevant to them and what do they want to know about. So one of the things I do every month basically is I, I'm pretty much building a new deck of what I've accomplished from a PMO perspective. And every time I present to a different group, I go through that deck and say, this is not relevant. This is not relevant because I'm only going to present on stuff that's relevant to that audience in that group that I'm presenting to, because if it's not, you're just wasting time and you're wasting their time and their time's valuable, just like yours is. You got to tailor it to the audience. And that's a huge one because we have a tendency to want to say, well, here's the 563 things we did this year. 
but nobody cares about that, right? Especially if it's in terms of outputs. What they want to know is what have you done that affects me, my team, my organization? How have you made our lives better? And I think that it's so important and you have to be brave and focus on the things they care about, not the whole laundry list of all the things that you did, because that's ultimately when they're sitting around a budget table trying to decide who gets funding and they want to see more of that magic you created for them, then they're fighting for you to continue to get that funding so you can support them. So it really changes the dynamic and not only makes your PMO relevant and not only gives you the opportunity to survive in a chaotic environment and during a global pandemic and beyond, but it gives you the opportunity to thrive and truly secure that seat at the table. Yeah. Because if you present to an audience, you know, and it doesn't matter who the audience is, it could be executives, it could be another department, whoever it is, you present to an audience and the conversation is not relevant to them, they're not going to invite you back to talk to them. Right. Right. You got to tailor their message that's relevant to them. If it's relevant for them and it adds value to them and they give you information back and you move on that, they're going to keep inviting you back. Exactly. Well, there you have it, folks. There are tons of ideas on ways to not just stay relevant during this pandemic, but truly help the organization make a big impact and take your PMO and turn it into what I love to call an impact engine. So Eric, thank you so much for being back here. I have a feeling this is going to be one of, or second of many conversations we're going to be having on the topic of how to build and run an impact engine of an organization to support achieving the organization's goals. So thank you again for being back here and for sharing your insights today. Yeah, thanks for having me again. And it's, as always, it's been great been a lot of fun. Thank you. And there you have it. I hope this has given you some great ideas for things that you can do right now to make sure your PMO and your program and portfolio stays relevant and stays right where it belongs in the middle of solving the business problems your stakeholders, your business leaders are experiencing today. I look forward to hearing how this is helping you earn that seat at the table or Keep it if you already have that seat at the table and helping you think about ways that you can shift what your services and capabilities are for your organization to meet the ever evolving business needs. Make sure you hit subscribe. And if you are finding real impact in what you're learning here, please do leave a rating and review so others know how much this is helping you make a bigger impact in your organization. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being a part of my community. I hope you have a high impact rest of your day, rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye for now.